0: A From Dublin to Cleveland production.
1: Hi guys, how's it going? Good to be with you again. I hope you've had a super special, awesome, wonderful week so far. It's your host with the second most, Brendan Thomas Marrett. The infamous Logan Howard is still not with us. He went to... Hey, wait, I'm here. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. I'm here. Oh my goodness, what is that? <laughs> He's
0: alive! I'm here, guys! Hey, how's it going? I've missed y'all! You,
1: <laughs> you wouldn't have had to miss them if you hadn't been off gallivanting. Whereabouts in the globe were you? The people need answers.
0: Um, I was on a little island in the middle of Lake Erie. Um... Serving the Lord by taking care of children, um, on a daily 24-7 basis. <laughs> it was both rewarding, grueling, challenging, and amazing all at the same time. Um, but I would not change it for anything. Um, and I have missed everyone. Uh, I have returned from the, uh, from the Dark Ages and am now back to, uh, hopefully lead us into a continuing growing era of from Dublin to Cleveland Um, on our new return. We'll have, of course, our usual Brendan and me, Um, but we'll have guests. We're going to do some awesome things. Um, We might have t-shirts in the works. Um, We might have a new, um, a new launching page. We might have, new Instagrams, we might have uh, continued growth on our Facebook pages. So we're, we've got some exciting things. We might have some new guests, old guests. Um, if there's suggestions, thoughts, anything you'd like to throw at us, please send us a message at From Dublin to Cleveland at gmail.com, and we will gladly add those into our next uh, episodes. Um, but our episode today is going to be Sort of a review and synopsis of our summers. Um, So, with that being said, let's waste no further time. Um, Brendan, I want to know, and then I will answer this once you have uh, fully answered it to the best of your knowledge and abilities. Um, What was the best part of your summer?
1: Good question. The best part of my summer was how often I have traveled. Um, for a number of years, I I didn't travel at all. Really, um, I didn't really like the traveling experience. To be honest, Uh, I know for some people it's their biggest passion. I just didn't see the attraction. Whereas this time around, every two weeks, I went somewhere. Maybe it was to a medieval castle, um, or maybe it was to cliffs and the Atlantic Ocean. Maybe it was to. Northern Ireland, uh, I've I went there a couple times. Um, maybe it was to the very west of Ireland, somewhere in the Midlands. Maybe it was to Kos in Greece, and if it was, it wasn't just Kos; it was five islands and Turkey in Asia. Um, so yeah, lots and lots of traveling. Um, but saw amazing sights, did things I'd never done before: horseback riding at sunrise, paragliding, walking on the crater of an active volcano. <laughs> So uh, yeah, lots of fun first-time adventures, but traveling awesome. is definitely the thing I've done, uh, which I loved most. What was your favorite part of summer?
0: Um, for me, my favorite part of the summer was just getting to know um, a bunch of new people. Um, it felt like uh, <laughs> I got to meet people from different... Um, different areas of life that I would not have met before. Um, Knowing that my sister went last summer uh, helped a lot because um, some of the people that she interacted with last year were people who returned this year. And I was able to um, have an understanding of who they were before I showed up and was able to build good friendships. Um, But honestly, it was really my favorite part was um, we created this thing called the Program Palace. Um, And it was the four dudes who were all counselors or cabin leaders, as we so lovingly term them. Um, and we just hung out every uh, every weekend. We would all hang out in one cabin together and really just tell stories and build into each other's lives, um, encourage each other, talk about situations and issues we're dealing with or struggling with. Um, and it was genuinely a iron sharpens iron moments. Um, and um, I will... I will miss each and every one of those boys, um, because, and and I I will see them all. We were still friends. We're not, um, they're not like dead or anything. Um, but (laughs) just that, uh, that closeness, uh, close knitness that we had, uh, not only in that group, but just as, just as a whole staff, um, and the friends I've made from it. So, uh, genuinely that's where I'd have to say the most enjoyable part of the summer was, was just building those friendships that, Um, a lot of them I see lasting for the rest of my life. And if not, um, I'm going to support them and and be there for them the rest of life and hang out with them and see them again in heaven one day. So, uh, it was genuinely a joy. Um, so moving on to question number two, um, things that God did in your life. Maybe this is multiple things. Maybe it's one thing. Um, but like, how did God work in your life this summer? He
1: sustained me in a different way than he did in previous years. Uh, growing up, I was incredibly shy. Um, I'd always say that I'm introverted, but, but then I was shy to the point of being socially paralyzed. Um, I was just very, very nervous and anxious about being around o- other people. And so a lot of things I would have done back then, I, I did um on a on a molecular level, um very, very much alone, but in, a, in an unhealthy way. Whereas this summer I did a lot of adventuring alone, um different places that I went, um a lot of traveling experiences going like to three of the four corners of Ireland even. Um, but he sustained it was a healthy separation. It was, you know, just getting away from the busyness of life and of the daily grind. But there was great restoration in that being removed. Um, But also um, there was one particular person that I was traveling with in Kos uh, who just got obsessed by some immaturity and nonsense um, that she saw demonstrated by other people. And God helped use me to give clarity to her confusion. Um, to explain what it was that was really happening, really going on. Um, to sympathize with her. To tell her, you know, she wasn't crazy. It wasn't all in her head. Some people really were that terrible. <laughs> uh, but also to help maneuver her. To navigate those tricky relationships well. There are some relationships you have with people. And the healthiest thing you can do is cut them out of your life. There are times God will tell you to. And then there are times when there are a certain relationship that it is. You've got to tarry with them and find a way to make it work. Um, so God helped use me as a point of clarity. Um, just to help... Her to... Avoid... Thinking amid the stress or to avoid becoming like them in our anger but rather just to speak words of wisdom, compassion and the likes. So uh, yeah, that was something most people didn't know. Uh, it only really impacted the two of us but God works in the big and he works in the small. He works in the magnitude and in those minimal of situations and relationships as well. So I think those two things were part probably- of um, some of those important. Uh, in what ways do you see God move while you were away?
0: In a lot of ways. Um, <laughs> as one of <clears throat> one of my people, I look up to, and John Piper says, uh, <clears throat> he says that there you can notice three things that God's doing, and there's like a hundred more, thousands mm. more that you just don't see. Um, but <clears throat> one of the things, the biggest takeaways for me was how to be a leader Um, Mm -hmm. and leadership is not um, you demand authority and demand respect and do all those things. Um, In a lot of ways I had to earn respect by the way I sacrificed and the way I served, not only my campers, but the fellow staff Mm -hmm. that I was with. Um, And honestly, I think that opened doors for me and they were open to talking to me that I would not have gotten had I not served them and loved them and showed Christ's love for them. Um, because it made, <coughs> it made they, they would then make my job easier and I then made their job easier by being able to serve them. Um, mm-hmm. And so like with that, I think it also leads into how much uh, with, with being a servant and having to sacrifice for people, how much more that I have to kill my wants and desires. Cause there were a lot of days let me tell you I woke up and I was like I'm done with this I'm done with this camper I'm done with these this group of campers I'm done with that single individual um, or you know you you always go through when you're so close with people you end up developing either crushes or um, attractions to people or you just like get really get along really well with the guys and you're like um, like I don't want to ever like not have these people around and how much you have to deny yourself, mm-hmm. how much you have to say, <clears throat> Nope, that's not like, I need to let God work in these situations and either let God um, open doors. I need to serve. I need to kill the, the flesh. That is me. Um, because if I tried to, if I spent the whole summer doing what I wanted to do, I would have had a miserable summer because it wouldn't have been God's It wouldn't, God wouldn't have gotten any glory about it. It would have been Logan trying to get glory. And, um, I would not have had as an enjoyable time as being able to sacrifice my time and my, and my, where I was at for others. Um, and so God definitely grew that in me and worked on me through that. And, um, I'm so thankful for it. Um, so moving on to the next question. What is something that you did for the first time, or multiple of things that you did for the first time this summer?
1: I rode a pirate ship for the first time. (laughs) It took me to a volcano, an active one, whose crater I then walked on, even though it was steaming from beneath my feet. Uh, I went paragliding for the first time over the Aegean Sea. Um, I went horseback riding for the first time. His name was Apollo... The second. And uh, went walking walk over fields, roads and onto a beach and caught sun, the sun rising over the mountains. Uh, getting off the horse is also fun. I never knew how long it would take me to freefall before t- t- touching the ground. <laughs> I think that's more of a comment on my height than anything else. Um, let's see, I went to three islands in one day. I'd never done that before. Uh, they were all off the coast, of course. Uh, one of them was sponge-obsessed. One of them was very beachy and mountainous and was occupied by 12 families. And the other one uh, was uninhabited. It was uh, paradisal, actually. Very Edenic in its landscape. The only thing it had was a church building and a big cross. So yeah, there's some of the things that did for the first time. But also even around Ireland, there were certain places that are world famous that I've never actually gone to before. So uh, it was great to check those out as well, take them off the bucket list. What are some things you did for the first time?
0: Um, <clears throat> so things that, that I did for the first time. Um, first of all, being able to lead a group of kids for a whole week is Mm -hmm. something that I've never done before. I mean, I've had opportunities through VBS, but those are only for a couple hours during the day. They're not, um, it's not like Mm. a whole day or days Um, being able to um, lead. I I hate to say lead, but um, being able to see um, someone come to Christ uh, and accept Christ as their savior is not something that i've ever actually been a- able to to see firsthand um and it was mm. it was genuinely an amazing moment um one of the cool things to come out of this camp the, cam- the summer this camp this this, this summer at camp <laughs> was we had 34 people who accepted christ as their savior um, and that, that just shows how much god did Praise God! How much God did this summer? So wow! Um, yeah, yeah. So that was that was a genuinely cool thing to see. Um, I think other things were just um, being away from home for a extended extended period of time. Um, that's not something I've ever I've ever done before. The most has always been a week or ten days or anything at most. Um, so that <clears throat> being away from my, my mom and my dad that long. Um, yes, my sister was, was with me and working this summer, but at the same time she was, she was doing other things. Um, and so it's hard to like see her very often or interact with her very much. Um, but it was genuinely, uh, the first time I've ever done that before. And, um, early on it was hard, but as it, as it went along, like it started to, I, I, you you build a new family where you're going, and uh, I genuinely love and appreciate mm-hmm. each one of them that I was able to, uh, to build into their lives, and they were able to build into mine. So, yeah, that that was definitely some of the the things I got to do for the first time. Um, how about the next question? It says the biggest challenge. What was the biggest challenge that you had this summer?
1: Oh. Someone that I'd sown into and sacrificed for took a notion and decided to character assassinate me and turn people against me in my world. That was that was pretty nasty and a a bit of a low blow. Um, But you know what? You in those situations, maintain your integrity. You don't back down to nonsense. You don't lower yourself to other people's immaturity. You come back to truth. Yeah. There's a buckle around our waist. You pick up your shield of faith um, that anything you have done that's wrong is covered by the blood of Jesus. And if you're moving in an upright and righteous way, the best is always yet to come. And eventually, um, the very ones who are speaking against me um, actually. Well, the one who had begun it uh, actually came up and apologized profusely. And I just looked him in the eye and I said, if most people in the world had done what you had done, um, it'd pretty much be dead to me. (laughs) But I said, but uh, you mean the world to me. I love you. I've never said to her to sabotage you. Um, give mug. hug and said, We're gonna move forward and uh things were on an upward trajectory after that. So when you're in those moments, the important thing is just not to cow not to bow to it. Um and not to become yeah. who the enemy says you are through them. Because ultimately they're just pawns in a spiritual battle in the unseen world that they can't see. Um but you as the mature believe in Christ have to see through the illusion of it all. What about yourself?
0: Um, one of the things when you get so, um, when you're, when you're at such a spiritual place, you can, you can easily see the workings of the devil and you can see where he's trying to destroy your cabin and destroy what you're saying Mm. and tear down everything that you're building. Um, and there were a lot of weeks that um, we would get spirits of like tiredness, or like tiredness would just hit us, or um, just things would just yeah. would you'd have crazy situations that would just come out of nowhere that you're not expecting. Um, like the first week, I ended up having a cabin with um, an agnostic who, I'm mean, in practical in practicality, was an atheist, um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and like having to deal with that is not something that I've nor I've dealt with on a ton of a ton of situations with. Um, and just having that like the first week, um, Mm. was just a huge challenge to me. Um, and I, I am, well, I can't say that he, he knows Christ as savior this instant. I do know that God is working on his heart. I know that um, everything that I poured into him, his cabin mates poured into him, the staff and leadership did, um, was all biblical, good, strong stuff. And um, like a lot of the times I had to remind myself when I'd have rough or difficult weeks and I didn't think the cabin was listening to me or God wasn't getting through to them. I had to remind myself that in a lot of ways, um, the impact of those weeks sometimes don't come out until down the road when they're in their late teens or in their twenties and God reminds them of those seeds that were planted. Um, and so some of my biggest challenges were just the day to day operations of dealing with people who are broken and in need of, in need Mm -hmm. of Jesus. And the hardest ones are the ones that don't want anything to do with him. Um, because they need him and it won't change unless they get him. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, that, those were my biggest challenges. Um, and just seeing the satanic forces working, but also just seeing God overcome those um, was just a thrill to see. Um, so we've got two questions left. This I'm one right. is what so of any of the decisions that you made this summer, Um, or choices that you made, or any of those kind of things. Like, How Mm. are you going to apply them going forward?
1: I'm going to continue being an adventurer. Mm. I think a lot of Christians make their lives more boring than they're ever supposed to be. Um, We're supposed to be (laughs) zealous, full of excitement. Our god is a lion, Jesus is a warrior king of heaven. Uh, they, they, they don't shy away from battles, you know, and Jesus woke up in the morning and he would routinely climb mountains um, to have those experiences of God away from the hustle and bustle of everyday life. And it's so easy. It's not that routine is bad. Routine is good. But it's so easy to get stuck in the quagmire hmm. of the daily grind. Where every Monday looks like the Monday before. Every Tuesday, you're going to choose to do the same thing you did the last Tuesday. Every Wednesday, your base just ticking the same boxes as you did seven days ago. Um, Whereas life is for the living. And even the country you're in, or the state you're in, or the county I'm in... They were places divinely chosen by God. They've all got their own beauty. They've all got their own sights to be seen and explored. Their yeah. elements of the culture that are to be enjoyed. And so often, we're unappreciative of what's on our doorstep, or just a bus away, or a car ride away, um, because we're too busy focusing on Timetables and monotony that actually it's so important that we show our appreciation for what we've been provided with, and uh yeah, for me that comes down to adventure, and what will you be putting in place, having spent the last twelve weeks doing what you've been doing
0: um Honestly, it, it goes hand in hand with yours. Um, I think Mm. one of the things that I want to do is have an adventure and go places and do things. Um, But I think at the same time, trusting God with that and knowing that he has a plan and a place and Mm -hmm. is going to lead um, and genuinely trusting that. um, Because right now I'm in an uh, a situation where I don't know what the future looks like for me. I don't know where he wants me to go. I don't know what opportunities he's leading me towards. Um, mm. But I know I can trust him. I know that I can put my faith and uh, reliance in him because he he proved time and time again during the summer that when I was at my weakest or when, uh, or even at my strongest and I needed him, he was there for me and he, he, I trusted him every moment that I needed. I needed him and he was there. And so, um, and I can look back at my life and say that I was at the certain places or certain situations that I needed (laughs) needed to be at the right time and the right place. And so if he can do that, then how much more can he do that with my life? And if he's done it in the past, he'll do it again. So Mm -hmm. he knows where I'm going. He knows my next step. He knows the people that need to be in my life. Um, he knows whether i'm going to be single or married one day like he knows all of that and he he's in control of all of that and i don't need to take any of that into my own hands and try to force situations or force things to happen because i know that he is going to take care of it um so honestly that was that's one of the biggest things that he he taught me this summer and that's one of the things i want to apply is um always falling into the hands of of an almighty god because He's, he'll take care of me and and help me through any situation I'm going to face.
1: Amen. Um,
0: and so, with that, let's close Amen. with uh, the funniest part. The funniest part of your summer. What was the funniest thing that happened?
1: Yeah, while in Koth, my brother and I went to a water park. And there was one pool which I don't know, maybe every hour or so you would just hear a siren bellowing and basically that was a sign saying that the waves were going to be turned on and you would just have hundreds of holiday makers flocking to the pool and jumping in and all of a sudden you'd have massive jets of waves two meters high shooting at you left the right and straight ahead and you were you know Jumping like a Mexican wave style almost, um with hundreds of people trying to keep your head above the water. And sometimes you know you didn't jump far enough uh, or high enough, and that was disgusting, but also even even that was hilarious. But my brother and I were doing it together, and we just laughed and laughed and laughed. And I just thought I couldn't remember. The last time I'd heard him laugh as much, and I couldn't remember the last time I'd laughed as much either. It was just hilarious, but such mm. a very tremendously special moment, but so much fun it was cool. and uh, almost crying with the laughter. Yeah. What about yourself?
0: Um, there are so many, so many I could list. I could go on probably for half an hour explaining every single one. Um, some of my campers had hilarious quotes. Um, some of the inside jokes we created or had um, some of the just goofy, silly things that I did with other, other members uh, of staff. Um, but I think with the one I'll go with today, and I'm sure a lot of these will come out as we, uh, as we go along into the next stage of from Dublin to Cleveland. Um, but uh, my favorite one was the first week. Um, I decided to come up with my philosophy for my cabin and the rules that you know the cabin was allowed to do or wasn't allowed to do. And so I came up with all these rules. Uh, I had them. And one of the rules I made just to be funny and goofy was that they could not wear purple on Thursdays. And let me tell you, this baffled children, this baffled fellow staff members, this baffled so many different people um, to the point where there were some some kids who were militant to the point that they were going to wear purple no matter what um, on Thursdays or to the point that they were such in terror of purple being worn on Thursdays that they would not wear purple on Thursdays. Um, it was it was wild. Um, I ended up by the second or third week convincing all of the cabins, all the other cabin leaders to do the same thing to their cabins. Um, so all of them. So it was basically the whole camp was uh, the camp rule became no purple on Thursdays. Um, and just the conversations that some of the campers would have and they like, absolute frustration and anger that we, uh, that they could not wear purple was just absolutely ridiculous. Um, I made up reasons and, goofed off the whole time of why they couldn't wear purple and gave them threats we actually had one camper wear purple and like completely freaked this kid out because i was like you need to change before the end of the day and uh it freaked him out um it was just so much so much ridiculousness because it was just it was just us having fun um but uh genuinely genuinely was hilarious and uh That's uh, one of the things that a bunch of people took out of took out of it was, oh, yeah, no purple on Thursdays. We even have a staff shirt now that says no purple on Thursdays. This is not my this is not my Thursday shirt. Um, So it's it's hilarious. Um, One of these days I'll wear it on uh, on the podcast, as long as it's not a Thursday um, that we record these Um, (laughs) and I'll wear it for us. Um, but with that, as we do with every episode, we close with God's word. Um, so we are going to be today in Proverbs chapter 3, um, verses 3 and 4. Um, my favorite verses in all of the Bible are verses 5 and 6, um, and we've talked about that in the past. But this summer, um, we got to do a bunch of what we call man nights, where we'd go and we'd sit in front of a fire, and we would um, basically read... God's word to the to the kids um, and give some like thoughts and some encouragement to them. And I think about the first or second week, one of the other guys read verses three and four, and the way he put it like changed my thinking on how much I enjoy this verse because before it was just oh these are the verses before my favorite verses, um, but these verses are very good um, in 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 giving us an idea of what we are supposed to be and what God is. Um, so, let's read that together. Um, Proverbs 3, verses 4 and 5. Let not mercy and truth forsake you. Bind them around your neck, write them on the tablet of your heart, and so find favor and high esteem in the sight of God and man. Um, honestly, I've looked up finding trying to find a necklace that says mercy and truth. For some reason, they don't exist. Um, so, that might be a business opportunity for me is making mercy and truth uh, necklaces. Um, but it's the the way he pointed out mercy and truth was mercy um, and truth are like opposite. Th- there seem to be opposites. Um, we can be, we, if we run into somebody who's very merciful, we would probably define that person as somebody who just lets things go. They just let everything that could ever happen go. And they're like, Oh, I forgive you. Or, Oh, I won't, I won't say anything or, Oh, I won't get angry about that. And a lot of us would be like, well, what about, like they genuinely did something wrong, um, and then we have the other side of the coin. We have those people who are very truth people. They are like, "This is the truth. This is the way it is. It cannot be anything else. This is the only way." Um, and very judgmental and hard on the truth. And so, what the Bible is asking us to do is to let have both of them: be merciful and truthful. And so, it's this way of dealing with people in situations that helps us to be both merciful and truthful in in it to the point where we they they understand what the truth of the situation is but they also know that we are not um attacking them or demeaning them by the way we are acting or the way we are sharing Um, and a lot of times that's, that's where the wisdom comes in. That's why wisdom is such a big thing in Proverbs. Wisdom is figuring out the balance between these two and what situation requires which, uh, which version of more, uh, of which side of the coin you need to lean towards more. Um, but the amazing thing, even on top of just knowing the mercy and truth and needing to have those in our lives, and it says how we can find favor and high esteem in God and man, Um, because God has both of these qualities and uses them perfectly. Um, if we think about God as if we, if we call God just a truthful God or a judging God, then we miss everything that he is because he is not that. Um, and he, we sort of, we would never make it to heaven if he was just a truthful God. If he just had the truth, which is you're a sinner and you're doomed to death, that's the end of it for us. Because that's all it is. And if he was just merciful and loving, if he was just a God who says, oh, everybody's allowed into heaven. Everybody can get in. Then what's, like, if everybody's allowed in, then what's the point of doing right? What's the point of following anything that he says? He has to be both. He has to be merciful and truthful. He has to, uh, when he gives us the opportunity to come to accept him, to he died on the cross for us, he mercifully died for us gave us the choice to, for us to choose what side we're going to, we're going to be on. Um, and if he has to, he has to be truthful and judge us and send us to an eternal punishment in hell. But he wants to be merciful first. Um, he wants us to come to go know him. And so I really enjoyed that. He pointed that out to him, to me, um, and opened my eyes to this passage that I you sort of skip over to get to verses five and six. Um, so, Brendan, uh, close us out with any thoughts you have on it, and then you can can pray, and we will send you on your way.
1: Yeah, no, what you said was was great, and I and I, and I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I like the image it says of or I like the image it uses of writing on uh, love on a stone tablet in your heart. Uh, it's very Ten Commandments like, um, and it's just like. The idiom, you know, it's written in stone The love and faithfulness hmm. truth and mercy they're supposed to be rooted in us in our innermost place in the secret place where we spend the most time in covenant and communion with God and yeah, there will be times when someone hurts you repeatedly, or just once and the response that God wants you to employ is love, is mercy, is grace. Then there'll be times when actually you have to have a more hardline line approach. Um, and it comes down to the fact of the matter. Just looking at truth. How do you know when it's one and when it's the other? By seeking the Holy Spirit's face on it. He is our best friend. He indwells us. He's a good counsellor. He's a comforter. He's all-knowing. And of the three members of the Godhead, he is the revelator. He is the revealer of secrets. He is the one who leads us in the ways of these secret things. And there will be times when someone commits evil against you and God's telling you to show them love, to forgive them he has a plan to set them up to win for the salvation of many people but your forgiveness and your acceptance and your demonstration of love is the breakthrough that they need and then there are other people including many world leaders and politicians on the world stage today many billionaires who have committed great evil against the citizenry of planet earth and for many of them perhaps God's speaking a harsher word He's still an all-merciful, all-graceful God, but he knows when he's going to extend that mercy and that compassion, and when he's not. And how do we know? Well, we don't have the brain God has, but his spirit lives within us. So you just ask him. If you are seen to be someone who tolerates all manner of evil, you have no integrity. People in the world who are addicted to sin might think you're great, but people looking for truth really won't think highly of you at all. And if you're someone who's so judgmental and so full of condemnation and so by the book, um, but that book has no love it has no grace, it's going to be very hard for people who feel condemned. And want a breakthrough, want the love and light and acceptance of Jesus to find that from you. So we need to be both. As the Apostle Paul put it, be all people to all people. And that doesn't mean you're two-faced. It means you're infinitely faced. Because every situation is infinitely different from the one that preceded it and the one you're going to encounter in the future. But only God knows the heart of all people. Only God knows how all people will respond God knows who He sent into your life and who the devil has sent. Hello. And that's why we need to constantly touch base on all these things with Holy Spirit. And he will tell you, friends, to be attentive, be listening. He's not quiet. He's a God who lives. And he's a God who speaks. So, friends, my prayer for you this day is that these words, like seed, will find good soil in your souls they'll go deep that you'll ponder them and that if there are people in your world who just need you to extend the hand to love better to take a step towards them so they're too afraid to come near you <laughs> that you'll do that, that you'll be obedient the Holy Spirit will impress that on your heart You'll be discerning, you'll have ears to hear, and eyes to see, a heart that knows and understands. Mm. And if there are people in your world and you've tolerated their immaturity and their nonsense, but it's going to ultimately be to your own detriment. And as you put certain steps in place, the Holy Spirit would give you the clipper in the ear that you need and reveal to you how to navigate that situation put on the shoes of the readiness for the gospel of peace. It's part of your spiritual armor and helps you to navigate the rough and dangerous and treacherous terrain that's all around us. Whether that's running, flying or tiptoeing, but you will navigate that terrain. And the word of God is already in you. Just pray that in that moment you will open your mouth that Holy Spirit will speak. God, the tongues of everyone listening to this, are yours. They are part of your temple. Lord God, we submit our tongue to you, so that whether it's truth, mercy, love, or faithfulness, whatever we speak will be what you need said. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen, and amen. amen Dear amen. friends, it's good to be back with you all, now that we're both back from the respective holidays. Send us an email to from Dublin to Cleveland at gmail.com. Tell us what adventures you've been getting up to recently. If you've said anything that's really blessed and touched your heart, let us know. We'd love to hear it. And if you want us to agree in prayer with you for something in your life, by all means, reach out. Because we're two or more gathered, even technologically, God commands a blessing. <laughs> And the prayer of the upright and the righteous are powerful and effective. In Jesus' name, amen, Amen. friends. Be blessed.
0: Amen. Have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next week.